Hey everybody and welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. Uh, my name is Ralph. Uh, Deserts of Plenty is a podcast about um, our modern world and how, from my perspective, we live in a world that is inundated with calories, but we are all lacking in nutrition or at least, you know, the right or correct information to make nutrition, nutritional choices. We are awash in information but also lack the ability to make informed decisions and have knowledge. And uh, also we are awash in experiences. You can literally pick up your phone and have food delivered to you, or you can swipe through hundreds of potential mates. Uh, And, uh, but in terms of having real connection, it's, we're all wanting, you know, everybody's, not everybody. But a lot of people are sad, lonely, cut off, alone. And it seems so weird in this world to be struggling to maintain proper nutrition, to know what is and is not true, and to have meaningful connections and relationships. And for me, it's like everything that's set up in this world that's you know to make our lives more convenient more, uh, I guess, short-term pleasurable are killing us. You know, comfort is killing us. And I think that's the the final big takeaway from this. And what I want to do is fight against that and, and, you know, not go back or whatever, but move forward to a place in time when we know what's really important for us. It's uh, it's interesting because I have a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances, and uh, so many of them I see, you know, getting into a place where they're growing and they're sort of seeing the world in, in a new way. What I mean by this is like a lot of people are, you know, doing a lot of work on themselves and trying to find out what's really important. And I find all of these people are saying basically the same kinds of things. Uh, We're all, I think, in all, many of us are coming to a place where we are understanding that the modern world is not great for us. And that's not to say everything is bad. There's a lot of really great stuff. Uh, In fact, one of the things that I always remind people when they say things like, oh, the world is terrible, is well, hold on, because there's a book that I would recommend uh, called Factfulness. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't have the author's name. But it's basically uh, about how the world is actually, as a whole, is better off than it's ever been. In terms of, well, okay, let me say that again. For people, for, for human beings, the best time to be born, no matter you know your gender, race, sexual orientation, religion, is now. Right now. Because the, the, the absolute number of people living in poverty is the lowest it's been per capita in the history of the planet. Uh, the number of people enslaved, enslaved, the lowest it's been on a per capita basis in the history of the planet. Uh, infant mortality, lowest it's ever been. Lifespan, highest it's ever been. Uh, people in wars, and I, and I, you know, the lowest it's been in the history of the planet. And that's not to say things are perfect. Of course they're not. And, you know, things taking place in Yemen and Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, Ukraine are awful. 
they're terrible. And, and I, my heart goes out to those people. But contextualizing all of this within an umbrella of right now, there's a lot of good things. Um, and I, I'm not a big fan of relativism, but, but you know, if you could ask 99.9999999% of every human being that has ever lived, if they would, if they could change places with you, they would in a heartbeat, right? They would just, yes, <laughs> uh, because really until the, almost the turn of the 20th century, life for many people was nasty, brutish, and short. Uh, you know, I, my, I, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've told this story before, but my, my father who was born in 1926 had a friend or an acquaintance, someone that he knew, and this would be like the late thirties, maybe the early forties. And this gentleman was a lumberjack. He worked in the woods, fit prime of his life and just cutting down a tree and, uh, with an ax and the, uh, there was a, a splinter. And when I say splinter, I don't mean like the usual kind of splinters we get, but like a chunk of wood went in his arm. Like, a, uh, I don't know exactly how big it was, but I'm not, I'm talking like, uh, like not a tiny little splinter that goes out, but a significant piece of wood, like, you know, the size of a, of a, one of those big toothpicks. Anyway, point being, he pulled this out of his arm, bandaged it up, went back to work. Ow, but not a big deal. Three la days later or something, he was dead. He got a massive infection and he died. Now we would just go to the doctor and get a shot, penicillin, you're, you're fine. So that's the kind of world that existed up until extremely recently. And, and that's in this part of the world. I mean, that still exists in some parts of the world. And now with antibiotic resistance, those kinds of things will probably come back, which is alarming and terrifying. Um, but I, I'm sanguine about the future. I, I'm hopeful. I always live in hope, not because I'm a Pollyanna, but because uh, I I do think, you know, people are fundamentally good and we will fundamentally figure these things out. Uh, that's my hope. All right. So that's all of that. But today I wanted to uh, I just wanted to talk about uh, Hollywood and modern entertainment, especially American based or Hollywood based, uh, big business based might be a better way of putting it. And why what's wrong with it and why it matters and i think the why it matters is the is the critical part here so i just want to take you back to a, a movie that you may have seen if you're of a certain age or heard of if not or maybe it's brand new to you but this movie to me exemplifies what's wrong with hollywood and and and, and i call this the day hollywood died uh it's not really a day but it's it's but this movie is emblematic. Anyway, there's a movie called Fatal Attraction, which uh, I believe was the late 80s. And uh, it stars uh, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas and um, a, another actress whose name escapes me. Amy Archer, I believe. Anyway, doesn't matter. But the point is, so this is a movie in which Michael Douglas is married to Ann Archer. And they, uh, and he meets Glenn Close and they have a spark and, uh, they, they have an affair and the affair continues up to a certain point at which point Michael Douglas's character gets cold feet and he wants to break it off. And, uh, he goes to Glenn Close's apartment and says, I can't do this anymore. 
And she has this great speech where she's like, I will not be, I will not be ignored. And they have an altercation. And at the end of the altercation, he leaves. And she sits in her apartment. And there's this great scene where she's just by this light and she's just flicking it on and off. And you see it, just her face lighting up and going dark. Anyway, that movie was originally shot. And after that scene, Glenn Close's character commits suicide. And the police come, see the altercation that took place, find evidence that he was there, and they go and they arrest him for her murder. And that's the movie. And in this movie, uh, this is a Shakespearean tragedy in which you have a fundamentally good guy, good person, Michael Douglas, who has a fatal flaw. He, he breaks the, bow, the, the, the sanctity of his marriage. He's a liar. He's, uh, <laughs> he thinks with a, a certain part of his anatomy, um, trying to keep this PG. And, uh, but that's like all like Shakespearean tragic figures. Like, uh, you know, Macbeth is a fundamentally good guy, but he's ambitious. Or King Lear is a fundamentally good guy, but he's, uh, you know, he wants to be doted upon. Or Hamlet, depending on who you ask, is a fundamentally good guy, but he just can't make up his mind. So... These are fundamentally good people who have tragic flaws. Anyway, they shot that movie, and that's the movie's ending that was shown in Europe. But when they showed it to American test audiences in their little, you know, I guess test audience things, the reaction was not positive because I guess the audience that saw it didn't want they liked Michael Douglas's character and they didn't they didn't want him to they didn't want to have they didn't want to see a sad ending. So they reshot the movie. And what they did is uh, the first half is the same. Uh, he, Michael Douglas is married to Ann Archer. He has an affair with Glenn Close. He tries to break it up. She goes, I will not be ignored. And there's that scene where she's flicking the light off and on. After that, what happens is she attacks the family. Uh, there's a famous scene where they open up this boiling pot of water on the stove, Ann Archer and Michael Douglas's characters, and they discover their pet rabbit has been boiled alive by the evil Glenn Close. Glenn Close's character. Uh, the movie ends in a pitch battle, and eventually Ann Archer developed, de de delivers the coup de grace and kills Glenn Close's character in the bathtub. And that's it. And so what happens at the end of that movie is that Michael Douglas and Ann Archer, their marriage is saved, and they live happily ever after. So when you look at this and you analyze this story, Basically, what you have is uh, you have the hero's journey and you have Michael Douglas as a man who uh, has something that's not right. His marriage is in trouble. And by having an affair and then murdering a woman who did nothing wrong until, well, she went crazy, of course, and attacked the family. But, you know, that's, uh, that's just an add-on or whatever, whatever you want to say. I, to me, it's an add-on. Uh, she didn't do anything wrong up until that point. But the thing, the point is, Michael Douglas's character, by having an affair, was able to fix his marriage, right? And so, and he pays absolutely no price for his transgression other than a little bit of embarrassment. But ultimately, he wins. And he, you know, he broke his vow. He lied. And as a result of that, his marriage is now fixed. And... And you might think, Ralph, you're really overreacting to this. And maybe I am. I'm always open to the idea that I'm completely full of baloney. But to me, that's it's not. I'm not overreacting. 
because where do we learn our morals from? You know, our parents, sure, school, yes, society, somewhat, but a lot through entertainment. And, you know, if you go to a movie and basically the, the you know, the, the moral of the movie is if you mess up, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, we're not teaching people really good lessons. And I mean, now, if you look at Hollywood movies now, it's um, the whole idea of story is completely gone. And so many modern, you know, heroes, quote and unquote, uh, have no journey whatsoever. They, this seems like with a lot of, you know, Marvel and, and, and these, again, I'm talking Hollywood, I'm talking like big budget, I'm not talking about independent cinema, which generally gets it right, or TV, which is way better. Um, but it, it seems like for a lot of modern, modern heroes, the subtext is, if you can't accept me for who and what I am, get out of the way. Right. And that what, <laughs> you know, like, so these characters show up, they're already flawed. And basically the answer is not, uh, I have to change. I have to like figure it out and, and aspire to be something better. What needs to happen is everybody else just needs to get in line. But if everybody else, if everybody just needs to get in line from whose point of view, <laughs> you know, well, hold on. Because um, we're used to seeing characters and stories that are aspirational, that are striving to be better. And, you know, and I, I'm not a conformist. I should, I'm not saying everybody needs to get in line and get with the program. But there is a way, you know, the heroes, uh, we identify with them because they are flawed. And they are flawed or they are sympathetic or they are vulnerable. And that makes us empathize with them. And then as they gain skills, we go on a journey with them. As they go through their external journeys, uh, they have an internal change, and that's what we resonate with. But now if characters aren't changing, or if it's just, you know, get out of my way, and if you can't like me for exactly who and what I am. And then we see that reflected in, in, in a lot of things that we're watching. You know, everybody's just entitled and self-righteous. And uh, I think a little bit of that is good. You know, you know like we, we don't want to be completely selfless. We want to have a strong sense of who we are. But then everybody else just has to get used to it. That's a problem. So this is my problem with Hollywood. And I, and I do, for me, it seems like it's having an impact and, and creating a me generation. Uh, that is now very, very far into the, well, it's me to the point of, well, if you can't accept me for exactly who I am, I will just go my own way and be by myself. And, and to me, that goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning, about how we're all so lonely and cut off. We need to learn. We need to start talking to each other. You know, people of different, well, you know, Diversity, which I'm a big fan of, people of different experiences and, and race and gender and, 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 and um, religion, but also politics and also ideas. I had this conversation with my daughter and one time and, and she was talking about this boy in her class and she said he likes to play with dolls. And I was like, oh, what do you think about that? And she said, I think it's great because everybody's different. 
to which I applauded. That's a that's a theme. That's that's a, something I have instilled in my daughter, my nine year old, for a long time. And I said to her, "We love diversity of all things, except opinion." And she said, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll tell you about that when you're 12." But it's true. Like there's there seems to be uh, an unwillingness to engage in diversity of opinion. Also, I've mentioned this before. Age and class are two other things that. Uh, we're very happy to, you know, make fun of, belittle, mock, and ridicule, and I don't. I'm not a fan of that. Either we mock nobody or we mock everybody, and that's. I think that's how it should be. Either, either things are off limits or they're not, and then everybody's fair game. Anyway, that's my thing for today. Hollywood, love to know what you think about it. Uh, please, you know, send me a line, let me know here, wherever you're listening to this, or send me an email. You can reach me at ralph at socap.ca. That's S-O-C-A-P as in peter.ca, socap.ca. Love to hear your thoughts. Um, because my, what it really, what I am is that I want to build communities and I want to bring people together so that we can have meaningful conversations, meaningful experiences. You know, let's go all go out and be ourselves and find the people who love us for who we are. That's what I'd like. All right. Thanks so much. You all have a great week, and uh, we'll see you back here next time for more Deserts of Plenty. Bye.